I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service, licensed customs broker and founder of Interlink Trade Services, Jorge Torres, served as the keynote speaker for a webinar about the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Here's Freddy Sandoval with details. The McAllen Economic Development Corporation recently hosted a webinar on the subject of the United States-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. During the webinar, Torres spoke in depth about the disruption to supply chains around the world. He says Mexico is benefiting. Okay, there's a question here in the chat from Steve Taylor. Uh, you're seeing more investment in Reynosa as a result of supply chain disruption. Yes, obviously, uh, with USMCA, with the changes in the automotive industry, with the pandemic uh, and reshoring, yes, there are companies looking uh, to move operations to Reynosa and, and other parts of Mexico. So we, we are seeing the shift of production from China and even other Asian countries to ensure that they meet the supply demands from, from their customers, from the market. Here are Torres' thoughts on the current disruptions to the supply chain. Supply chains issues facing the United States will continue well into 2022, and I will say next year. Last year, we will, at the earlier stage, we were saying, no, well, at the end of 2021, well, I think we're postponing this one over and over again. Uh, signing, obviously, the demand as the top contributors. Uh, obviously, we have economic growth, so consumption is there. So this is big, a big part of it. Um, some information here on the ports. Well, the port of LA and Long Beach they account for 40% of the shipping containers entering the U.S. Uh, so they are already operating 24-7 to relieve, to provide some relief to the bottlenecks. But we have labor shortages and uh, warehousing and transportation. So we, you know, obviously, and equipment limitations as well, as we know, containers, trucks, et cetera. So that's why we see these disruptions to continue. They say that they might not be as severe in the 2020 and part of 2021, because again, global manufacturing is, is open in general terms. And also another pattern that we're seeing is that consumers are getting somewhat used to delays. So a lot of consumers are pre-ordering stuff, knowing for a fact that they're gonna not gonna be delivered until 12, 18 months. I tried to purchase a generator and the lead time to deliver was 48 months, unbelievable, almost a year but we have to deal with it. So people are kind of getting used to that. So that allow, that might allow for better planning from, from one side. So, um, as far as cost, well, um, in 2021, the supply chain disruption cost the world on average per country of 184 million, with the United States topping the list with an average of $228 million. Logistic bottlenecks are impacting 25% of global trade volumes. Uh, for example, in February of this year, there were 101 container ships idling offshore in the ports of LA and Long Beach alone. So there's this bottleneck backlog that we're having. Again, the good news is that the supply chain disruptions are estimated to level out by mid of this year. As inventory levels begin to normalize to pre-COVID levels, consumers begin to shift to sustainable consumption and shipping capacities begin to increase. Shipping capacities, obviously, we need containers, we need ships, we need trucks. Um, those are being ordered, but they're also being impacted by supply chain. And as we know, uh, there's a lack of uh, semiconductors and steel and other raw materials and labor. So the need uh, or the supply of, of, of 
trucks and containers, it's also being delayed. And another big uh, thing going on that happened recently, uh, and again, this is daily, this is evolving, as we know, is what happened in the Canadian border uh, with the truckers protest, protesting and blocking the, the, the border. And they say that the economic impact of these blockades might be in the billions of dollars. This mainly impacted the automotive industry, but in a lot of other industries. And as we've seen, not just because of this blockade, but because of the supply chain disruptions, uh, the automotive industry and many other industries which have relied on just-in-time methods, uh, that's no longer you know, viable anymore. Uh, now, with everything that is happening, including COVID, the semiconductor shortages, geopolitical risks, now we have the Ukraine-Russian war, which that's a big concern because uh, Ukraine, it's, it's a key uh, geographically located in, in Europe, and we might have issues in the supply chain, especially uh, for those OEMs, uh, automotive uh, assemblers that you know, want to supply Russia or have plants in Russia, and some components from Ukraine. And there's other events going on as well, um, cybersecurity, cyber attacks. One of the top five um, forwarders in the world just recently got a cyber attack and they were, they're still down. So that is affecting um, the supply chain in customs transactions, uh, booking of, of uh, containers, air freight, et cetera. So, so cybersecurity is going to become a big issue, especially now with the Ukraine Russian war. I don't know, we, were, we don't know what Russia is going to do. So that might, you know, from a systems perspective, that might put a stop or slow down trade. Um, so GIT is no longer working. So now companies are evaluating, moving to the just-in-case GIC method, which basically means to increase material inventory levels to have available in case there's a major supply chain disruption. So having just-in-case, which we're already seeing here, at least in our region, uh, obviously, uh, having a just-in-case method of production might also continue to put pressures on supply chain disruptions as an increase in raw material inventories might translate to additional transportation and logistic requirements. Freight, warehouse space, labor. I mean, there's not enough warehouse space around anymore because those warehouses are getting full uh, by additional inventories and also by e-commerce products. We're having issues with labor, as we know. So uh, being more competitive. Um, freight, you know, there's not enough uh, capacity out there. So... You know, all these factors, inflation, that's another factor that we've seen that is impacting all of us. So uh, we will continue uh, with this being said, we will continue to see that trend of reshoring of companies and regionalization of, sort of the supplier base in order to minimize the strain that supply chain disruption created. But this will take time. But we will continue to see this. Now, here I do mention that Mexico will be key for reshoring and the regionalization of the supplier base. We're going to start seeing the shift of, of production into Mexico. Uh, also, uh, contain ocean containers were looking, uh, vessels are looking to Mexican ports more than the U.S. ports. And also East Coast, U.S. East Coast ports are, are being looked at more than West Coast ports. So it's a shifting, of, a regional shifting of, of transportation and production that we're seeing. And here's some uh, information that was presented uh, by the Federal Reserve Bank uh, last year. Um, 
Supply chain disruptions is proving that we need more resilient supply chains. We need to monitor supply chains 24-7, source from different suppliers, map supplying suppliers, identify the tier two, tier one suppliers for critical parts, work with sole source suppliers to develop alternate sources, and identify and monitor sub-tier suppliers. And there's also about the Harvard Business Review article on the Pan-American manufacturing ecosystems. Again, looking to regionalization in North America, Central America, South America, building reliable, cost-effective land-based transportation, going back to land, not ocean, not air, trucking through land. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the results are in Dobbs promoting political stability. This might help in the immigration issue. So these are some of the things that we need to look at and uh, to minimize the risk of, of uh, supply chain disruptions. Um, Globalization is becoming regionalization now um, and rely on North American production, South American production. Um, but we're going to see, continue to see these disruptions for the rest of this year, at least. So just bear with it and monitor it and try to make the best out of it. This is Fred's on the Vault with the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.